We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know how to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you could get all this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into this program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Please direct your attention to center court for a few words from 2021 NBA All-Star. Next forward, number 30, Julius Randle, on what it means to have you, our fans, back at the world's most famous arena. New York, New York, what's up? We're finally here, man. It's been a long time coming. Um... time coming man uh and it's been tough but we've definitely felt you guys love and energy uh and support it's a great step uh and moving forward for our city man so we appreciate it we thank the love and support uh to the frontliners we know some of you guys are here thank you guys for everything you've done we couldn't do this without you go next okay here we are it is 6 36 p.m on Tuesday night, um, this this took us a little bit by surprise. Waiting for seven o'clock, we did not think that 
Shams Sharanya um, would upset the apple cart and, um, you know, blow up TNT's TNT's spot um, for the all-star announcement. But here we are. And it appears to be so. It appears to be so. I'm going to raise a toast. Um, I did not just pour this because we learned that Julius Randle is going to be an all-star. Um, this was poured beforehand, but I will take a drink in his honor. Uh, so before I say anything else, let me just say congratulations to 2021 NBA All-Star Julius Randle. Here we go. Okay. Um, my daughter's very excited, obviously. So uh, for those who didn't see the tweet, um, let me just quickly go down the list. So in the East where Julius Randle plays, you come in and say hi. Um, we have James Harden, expected. Jason Tatum, expected. Jalen Brown, expected. Um, ben Simmons, expected. Um, and then we had the uncertainties. So coming into this, I think it was going to be between Julius Randle, Zach Levine, um, Nikola Vucevic, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, and Chris Middleton. I thought it was going to come down to those six. And if I'm being honest, I had Vooch as the sixth on that list. I did not think Vooch would get serious consideration. But Vooch gets in. Zach Levine, who I think his recent performance and the Bulls' recent performance um, really made the difference for him to give him a late push. Um, he gets in. And, of course, our boy Julius Randle gets in. Um, so, yeah, somebody's in the chat saying, I don't know, I would take uh, Sabonis over Vooch. I think Sabonis fell off towards the end there, because, and I think Brogdon too, but mostly Sabonis. I think Sabonis, a lot of people had in as a lock all the way until the last couple weeks when people finally started to look at the Pacers and they're like, wait a minute, um, why Why forget two, two Pacers? Why should even one Pacer get in? Um, especially when you look at that team, that's a pretty stacked team. Miles Turner's on that team too. They're deep. They're underperforming. Sabonis's numbers are a little bit down. You look at Vooch, Vooch, obviously that team stinks, but coaches are smart and they know that the reason that team stinks has nothing to do with Nikola Vucevic. Um, so, and I, you know, the on-off stats are bad. That's not on Vooch. Julius Randle did not have to worry about bad on-off stats. He did not have to worry about his team underperforming um, because obviously they have exceeded expectations. The Knicks I'm talking about as much as any team in the league. Um, and he certainly didn't have to worry about coaches wondering whether or not it was real or whether or not he was really the driving force behind the Knicks success or whether or not, um, you know, or whether the Knicks would still be doing well without him. Personally, I think even taking off my my Homer hat, right? I got all my hats here. I got, I'm wearing my Emmanuel Quickly shirt. Even if I take off all of that and I look at this objectively, to me, you have the five starters, fine. They're the first five. Um, James Harden, more deserving. The guy's been unreal. I mean, putting the Houston nonsense aside, Tatum Brown, like those guys are having outstanding statistical seasons. They're having outstanding seasons by any metric. They deserve to get in. And, you know, Ben Simmons, he's the second best player on the best team in the East, and he's 
probably the front runner. Well, after Gobert, he's the co-front runner with Gobert for defensive player of the year. I think after the, the five starters and after those four, I think Julius Randle was the 10th most deserving player in the East. I think he was more deserving than Zach Levine, even though Levine got in. I think he was more deserving than Vooch. And the guys we haven't talked about, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, um, and, for, and Chris Middleton. So let me just take a couple minutes to talk about those guys because they're all having great seasons. As, as Zach Lowe wrote yesterday, this is like throwing darts. It really is. Hi. Um, Bam Adebayo, the numbers are not where Julius's are. The on-off is not where, where Julius's are. Um, and the Miami Heat are not where the New York Knicks are. So if you go through those one at a time, you know, I know Julius Randles is, or I know Bam Adebayo is everybody's favorite. You know, if you're like a basketball nerd and you like all the little things and all that shit, but we're talking about the NBA all-star team here. Um, and what Julius Randles doing with the numbers, with the on-off, with the team performance, he gets in over Bam. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and, and especially I want to say this isn't just offense and that's why I have him in ahead of Zach Levine, even though they both got in Levine, it's all on one end of the floor, Julius Randle and Nick fans know this Nick fans know because we have watched this team game in and game out now for 31 games. I'm not saying Julius Randle is the centerpiece of the Knicks defense, but he has graduated from Last year, when he was in active detriment on a lot of possessions, unless he gave a shit, but even when he gave a shit, it was like, all right, they're surviving with him on the floor. He's not he's not making them actively worse. This year on defense, he's making them actively better. And is it perfect all the time? No. Is he making highlight blocks or steals or anything like that? No. But his rotations are tight. He's doing everything Tibbs is asking him to do. He's like I was watching tape the other day of him and quickly doing a switch back and forth um, on a side pick and roll, like executing everything on the defensive end. Um, so if you want to give me Bam and Bam's defense, I'm sorry, I got to throw the Julius stuff out at you. Not that he is Bam on defense, but when you compare what he does on offense versus what Bam does on offense, and when you compare what he's lifting Versus what Bam was unable to lift with the Miami Heat, because again, look at their record without Jimmy Butler. I don't. I don't think it's close. I think. I think Randall has to get in over Bam at a bio. Um, in terms of Bam versus like Levine or Bam versus Vooch, you know, I think it's fair. Um, Middleton, honestly, I think this comes down to, and I'm going to pull up the records right now. Um, we're talking about the guy who is the second best player on a team that is third in the East. They were picked to blow away the rest of the East. <laughs> they were picked to blow away the rest of the East. My, my daughter, so, she never gets this excited for a podcast, and yet she's just very excited about this right now because Julius Randle's an all-star. Um, anyway, the Bucks are not exceeding expectations. The Bucks are falling short of expectations. Um, they are 18 and 13. By any metric, they are underperforming. Um, so I don't know why Middleton deserves to be in. I was just looking at his numbers for um, for uh, a piece that I'm doing that'll be released in, a, in probably a week or two. 
he's averaging 20 points, six rebounds, five assists. But like, this guy's got a 23.5 usage rate, which is fine. It's decent. But again, when you look at the numbers and you look at the efficiency, um, no, Julius Randle did not get voted in by the fans. Julius Randle got named in by the uh, coaches. Um, when you look at the whole package with Middleton, if the Bucks were 23 and 8, I think Chris Middleton's an all star. The Bucks are not 23 and 8. The Bucks are 18 and 13. And, you know, I think that matters. Should it matter? It's a different question. Um, but I think at this point, when you're looking at, there's a difference of three games between the Bucks and the Knicks. And like you look at that, or uh, you look at the whole Milwaukee team versus the Knicks team and what Randall's doing and what Milton's doing alongside Antetokounmpo, I think it's fair. Last guy I haven't mentioned is Trey Young. Um, and for those just joining the live stream, yes, Julius Randall's an all-star. Um, Trey Young, man, we had to watch Trey Young twice this year. It's not fun. Um, it's really not fun because he plays the game in a way that is like not pleasant at all. It doesn't make you want to watch more basketball. It makes you want to watch less basketball. He takes, I don't, I don't watch enough Hawks games to say this definitively, but he takes at least a few shots every game that are not helping his team. And he is already developing that reputation of a guy who, kind of looks for assists as opposed to he's genuinely making his teammates better. Uh, there's a subtle difference there. Um, and he doesn't do anything off ball. He does more off ball this year than he, he did last year, but he's still not doing much off ball. He's also the worst defensive player in basketball. So if you're going to be the worst defensive player in basketball, um, and I'm not saying Bradley Beal is this, but you better have Bradley Beal numbers. Um, to make the all-star team. Trey Young doesn't have Bradley Beal numbers. He's putting up 27 a game. His his efficiency is like, eh, it's fine. He's shooting 38% from three on not that many attempts, six attempts a game. Um, you know, he's getting to the free throw line a ton. But, like, again, Trey Young, I think, like Middleton, um, was a guy who at one point this season, like Sabonis, I think at one point this season – he had an open and shut case, which is why when people first started, like national media people, when they first started releasing their podcasts and their articles about who's going to be an all-star this season, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, everybody was like, well, it's Trey, it's Middleton, it's Bam, um, it's um, it's Demonis Sabonis. And then after that, you had Julius Randle in this group of like next tier guys, Vucevic and Levine and, you know, maybe Brogdon, maybe Gordon Hayward, guys like that. And look how much has changed in that time. And that's it. That's enough. That's all it takes. So I, I'm, I'm so happy for him. I think it's deserving. Um, I think it's the right call. I, I bet you it wasn't particularly close. And I've saved this part for last um, because I think it's the most important if you're a Nick fan. This is meaningful. It's meaningful for a few reasons. For one, it's meaningful for players 
because, and I'm not just talking about players on the Knicks. I'm talking about players elsewhere in the league. Because for most of the last 20 years, New York was the place, maybe not 20 years, but definitely for a while now. New York was the place where lesser guys came to get paid, right? Um, because they know they knew it was not necessarily going to be a pleasant experience. They knew they were going to lose a lot of games. And they knew that New York, being a Nick, was not necessarily going to do much for their brand or for their marketability. Um, I'm not comparing Julius Randle to this guy I'm about to mention, but a guy like Wayne Ellington came here last year, um, played poorly by his standards, didn't shoot it well, but also he was hurt. That dude's playing for a minimum contract next this year. After And, you know, could he have gone somewhere else and maybe played in a little bit of a different system? But no, he took the money, right? He took the money, didn't work out for him, and it torpedoed his market value. There have been other examples of that throughout the years. This coaching staff, and I think to a certain extent this front office, because they're the ones who assembled the coaching staff, and they're the ones who assembled this team, which Julius Randle is thriving in, I think they have now proven to the rest of the league, um, you can come here and not only play on the big stage and not only increase your your marketability in terms of like you get to live where you want to live, whatever endorsement deals you want to get, you're going to become a better player. You're going to become a more marketable asset as a basketball player. You're going to increase your worth as a basketball player. That's massive. And we have not been able to say that in a very long time. And look, I know people have very complicated feelings on Carmelo Anthony. But one thing that is undoubted, undoubted, is that the way that shit ended here, people looked at how that went down and how things ended with Melo. And they're like, man, if that's what happens to a, a big time guy when they go to the Knicks. And I think that's why you get shit like Durant. And Kyrie um, and like players around the league kind of poking fun at the Knicks occasionally, you know, whether it be De'Aaron Fox on draft night or, you know, there's been other examples. I think this goes a long way to ending a lot of that. So it means a lot for the Knicks or it means a lot for the Knicks in terms of players around the league. I think it means a lot for Julius Randle. And I think it means a lot for Julius Randle because he put in the work. And maybe I should have saved this for, for last. But, yes, changing the narrative. Good good way to put it. Um, he put in the work. And more importantly, he trusted the system. He trusted Tibbs. He trusted this coaching staff. And Tibbs said to him from day one, and he has embraced it. And he didn't just say it to Randall, and I'm not, like, breaking any news here. He said it to every player because every player who has been on a Zoom all year long has said that Tibbs has said this to them, which is that it's about making the right play. It's not about the best shot. It's about the best play. And time and time and time again, we have seen Julius Randle. It's night and day. Last year, he was taking shots that everybody would watch the TV and just be like, why? Why? I don't even care that it goes in. It's just, this is a bad shot. It's a terrible shot. Um, 
Blarange Tears. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Thank you so much for the uh, for the contribution and the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, this year, there are times, probably once or twice a game, where we're watching and we're like, man, he could have taken that shot there. And you know what? It would have been okay. It would have been a completely valid shot. And he passes it up because there's somebody open somewhere else on the court. That player may not be as good a shooter, may not be as much of a sure thing, but he's making such an effort to make the right play. He has bought in hook, line, and sinker on both ends of the floor. Um, and, you know, for that reason, I think it's it shows that if you play the right way under this coach and under this coaching staff, good things are going to happen. Last but not least, certainly not least. Um, yeah, and I, let me, before I get to this, uh, Elfrain Lopez. This, you know what? Let's spend a minute on this. True fans and media alike took shots at Randall as late as the preseason. Completely, completely, completely agree. Vivek, what's going on, my man? How you doing, bud? Good to see you in the in the super chat, Vivek. Um, we all took shots at Julius Randall. I took shots at Julius Randall last year. I got blocked on Twitter because of it. I believe I'm still blocked. He should have blocked me. Because I was a fan, I am a fan, and I got really frustrated. I got really frustrated at the fact that he was trying to force it. And there was a lot wrong with that situation. There was a lot wrong with that team. Like, the report came out whenever it did about fucking Mills and Perry, uh, or mostly, probably Mills, but going into the locker room, dubious handles, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful redemption story. Thank you, Vivek. Um, you know, uh, Mills and Perry going into the locker room and being like, we have to make the playoffs this year. Like you'll be judged on your unselfishness and all this nonsense. Like that situation, that entire situation from the way the team was built to the coach that they gave the team, everything all the way on down was built to fail. And Julius Randle failed last season. And he wasn't big enough to overcome that by himself. But how many guys in the league would have been big enough to overcome that by themselves? 10, 15? I mean, shit, there have been better guys than him that have been in situations that were not as bad. That were like, peace, I'm out. James Harden, peace, I'm out. Paul George, peace, I'm out. You know, Jimmy Butler, peace, I'm out. Like, not that Julius Randle had the currency to be able to like demand a trade or anything, but better guys than him have been in, in poor situations and failed. So the fact that he failed, um, but at the same time, he got better. He started out obviously awful over the first 20 or five, 20, 25 games, and he got better. He tried to improve. He made an effort to improve. Yes, we still saw some of the bad signs, but there was an effort there. And he was making that effort under a coach who he knew was not going to be back. So credit to him for that. No credit to me or anybody else who were like, this is your fault. Because it wasn't his fault. He was just the most obvious example on our TV screens, night after night after night after night that we had to watch. And inevitably, he got most of the blame. But what goes around comes around. And right now, he's getting all the glory and he deserves it. Um, Kevin Carey says the Kevin Payne effect, or Kenny Payne effect, excuse me. Absolutely. If anybody missed, I want to say it was Mark, Mark J. Spears earlier today. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Had a great piece for the undefeated um, about Julius Randle's relationship with Kenny Payne. 
Um, and I, you know what? I'm, I keep I keep putting off my big big point about what this means for the team, but I feel yes, it was Spears. Um, I feel like I need to spend a second on this, which is that like, and again, some people in the media, I won't name any names. Some people poo pooed the idea that the Knicks were bringing on Kenny Payne purely for the Kentucky connection. Oh, look at this. They're trying to skip steps. They're trying to get, you know, Kentucky free agents. All you had to do was go, was go and look at what any player, literally any player in the NBA who has ever worked with Kenny Payne said about Kenny Payne in the moment and after the fact. You would know if you had done that, that this dude was, I'm not saying names, not saying names. Um, you would know that this dude was about more than a Kentucky connection. You would know that this guy reaches players because A, he makes them better, and B, he connects with them on a human being level. He doesn't look at players like assets. He looks at players like people, and he wants to improve them as a person, and he wants to improve them as a player. And he does it for the right reasons. He's in it for the right reasons. Um, so, you know, massive, massive kudos to, I think it was mostly World Wide West, but Leon Rose gets the credit. He's in charge. Both of those guys for bringing Kenny Payne aboard. And you know what? Shout out to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tibbs. Like, Kenny Payne's not one of Tibbs' guys, but he knew that it was for the betterment of the team that Kenny Payne come in here and do what he did. And, you know, guys like Johnny Bryant, um, you know, a guy like Mike Woodson, all these guys, but I think it's Payne. Um, he, thank you, Dominique, Pierre. Uh, he's invested in the players. Completely agree. Um, oh, my God. Joshua Richards says, imagine the energy in the Knicks locker room right now. Oof. I feel bad that they're going to have to try to play a game now. I legitimately, but I think Randall's going to come out and have a great game. Um, so great job by them assembling this staff. Okay. I'm finally going to get to this. What does this mean? Theo Pinson. Yeah. Um, Theo Pinson's probably literally dancing on the ceiling right now. Um, what does this mean for the Knicks? So, I'm not going to sit here as much as I want to and say that just because we have an all-star, we are all of a sudden like a destination again. I don't believe that. Um, if I said, if I came on here and I said that, I think that would be being 
disingenuous um, because I do think that there are certain players in the league who other players gravitate to, and we know who those guys are. And like Julius Randle's not that yet, but no one, no big time player is going to come to a situation where they don't have a guy, at least one guy where they're like, I know I could depend on that dude when push comes to shove and in the big moments. And Julius Randle, by being named an NBA All-Star in this in this class, uh, Zach Lowe, who, whether you like Zach Lowe or not, I love the man, obviously. I, I agree with pretty much all of his takes. He studies the NBA more than anybody. And he wrote it in his column. This was as difficult an All-Star reserve class, specifically in the East, to pick as any year he's been doing this in the last 10 years. So the fact that Julius Randle was named an all-star in this Eastern class, that means something. That means that dude is a top – is he a top uh, 25 player? Is he a top 30 player? He's playing like a top 20 player, top 20, top 25. Definitely top 25. I think he's playing like a top 20 player. And he's playing like a guy who anybody else in the league is going to be able to look at and be like, yeah, I could go play with that dude. And I know – if I step foot, if it's a, if the guy's good enough, they'll they'll say, I know if I step foot on the floor with that dude, I'm gonna have a chance to win, especially with that uh, crazy man on the sidelines as my coach. And we're still working our way to getting to where R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has all of the makings, all of the makings. Despite my constant criticism of him, I'm harder on R.J. Barrett than anyone. Um, despite all of that, he has all of the makings of a guy who is going to be there eventually, another guy that other big-time dudes are going to be able to look at and say, yes, he will be there when push comes to shove. He is not afraid of taking the big shot in a big game. He's not going to cower away. He's not going to pass the ball. He needs to make a few more of those shots, but whatever. He's 20. He'll get there. So they got Randall and they got Barrett. That's two guys. And, again, Randall's a massive piece. Um, <laughs> Monk, you wrote an obituary for him and then gave him a B plus. That was not an obituary. Come on. Um, I'm still very high on RJ. He just he has to work, work some things out as what 20 year old doesn't have to work some things out. Anyway, we're not talking about RJ Barrett. Um, so Julius Randall's here. I think he's a drawing card. I think he's a legitimate drawing card. Um, and I think, you know, let's go qu- very quick, very quick history lesson. Um, Nick All-Stars, and again, this is why not All-Stars are created equal. David Lee was the Nick All-Star. Was David Lee having a decent season? Yes, he was having a decent season. He was putting up decent numbers. The Knicks weren't terrible. It was a weak class during a weak time for the Eastern Conference. All the talent was in the West when David Lee made the All-Star team. Um, So he made it, though. Um, Obviously, Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire, Tyson Chandler made it. This century. And then you go back and it's Sprewell, it's Allen Houston, and then obviously Patrick, and then the one year that uh, Charles Oakley and, and jo- John Starks made it. That's it. Those are the NBA All Stars who played for the Knicks while they were named NBA All Stars over the last 30 years. And now we, oh, KP, excuse me. Oh my God. Talk about a Freudian slip. How could I forget Mr. Porzingis, who was also in the news today? 
But we ain't got to talk about that right now. I just recorded something on that before. So if you want to hear my reaction to the KP uh, uh, trade dangling, feeling out, whatever the hell, rumors, uh, check your check your podcast streams. Um, yes, KP made it too. But again, KP wasn't a guy that like I felt like other players were like, ooh, I want to play. I want to play with that dude. Um, I never felt that way. Then you know, this is different. This feels different. He adds his name to a pretty illustrious list. Um, you know, and I mean illustrious because just not a lot of guys have done it. That's what makes it illustrious. It's illustrious if you're illustrious if you're a New York Nick All Star because you are a Nick and you are an All Star. So where do we go from here? I, I honestly don't know, but the the last thing. The last thing I'll say is, you know, we you, we need to – I say we, like I'm running the team. They need to start really thinking about, like, okay, what does a successful team built around Julius Randle look like? And somebody just asked it. I, wonder, I wondered who was going to bring it up. Carlos Matos says, uh, what do we do with Obi Toppin? Um, someone else asked it earlier. Yeah. Carlos, you asked it earlier. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, do I think that they should like run out and trade Obi Toppin? No, I don't think that changes this one bit. I think you, you make Obi Toppin better. I think you figure out a way to get Obi Toppin and Julius Randall on the court at the same time. I still think that they, that that could happen. Um, I, for 10, 15 minutes a game, which I don't think it needs to happen for more than 10 or 15 minutes a game. Because if Julius Randle is going to play 35, which is what he's averaging right now, that still leaves 13 minutes as a backup four. And if you put him alongside Julius Randle for another 10 or 12 minutes a game, that's 25 minutes. A guy who gives you 25 effective minutes, like, th- like that's not a guy you're wasting. That's a massive contributor to your team. That could be the fourth or fifth most important player on your team. So I don't think that this alters how they need to view Obi Toppin. More than anything, I think they need to get Obi Toppin's value to the point where they have a, a real decision maybe to make about, ooh, people are offering us real shit for Obi Toppin. Let's listen to what they're offering. But again... I'm not worried about that right now. I think the conversations do have to center around where potentially is that next big piece. Um, and we always we've been talking we've been talking about it for for how many years, uh, months, weeks, days. We always talk about this. Where's the next big piece? And like, I don't know. Is there is there a conversation that's going to happen within the next front the next front office where they're like. Well, shit, Julius Randle just made the all-star team. Bradley Beal's an all-star starter. Um, That's two. You could do a lot of damage with two. And you got R.J. Barrett, assuming you don't trade him, um, for, for Beal, which I wouldn't. Still got Quickly, who I also wouldn't trade. You know, well, no, not trading. I'm not trading Manu Quickly for anybody. Hell no. Um, but like you could start to have that conversation, uh, Kyle Lowry, one, one year, 28 million, but no, but that's like, 
that's a real like if you put Kyle Lowry on this team. Oh, uh, good job by the way by uh, Bobby March pointing this out. We got Julius Randle paid. We got Julius Randle paid, and yes, we did it. We did this. Um, Julius Randle has earned nine hundred and forty-five thousand dollar bonus for getting selected to the All Star game. The Randall cap hit for 2021-22 will now be adjusted to $20.8 million. The forward also has a $975,000 bonus if New York reaches the first round of the playoffs. Best money James Dolan ever spent. Uh, anyway, um, but like back to back to the idea of Lowry. If you put Lowry on this team – Next year, I know he's older, and I know he's like not the player he used to be. But if you stick Kyle Lowry as the starting point guard on this team, and you give uh, R.J. Barrett another year to marinate and grow, and maybe become, I don't know, 37, 38% three-point shooter on a little bit more volume, maybe four or five shots a game, gets a little bit better at finishing, gets a little bit better with the ball in his hands, and you give me Julius Randle – um, and they could get a real wing in this draft, like a real shooting wing, like a Corey Kispert or a Moody or someone like that. And you got Mitch on a cheap contract next year. I mean, with quickly coming off the bench, resign Rose to a one year deal, have him come off the bench, Obi Toppin off the bench, resign Burks. Like, I don't know. That's a squad. Um, Craig West asked, how does a Beal trade work without RJ and Quickly? It probably doesn't. Um, I think it could work without both of them. I, I don't think it could work without either of them. I think I think you would need either, one of them, unless those sweepstakes go into the summer and um, the Knicks uh, got lucky in the draft and they wanted to to trade um, a, good, a good draft pick for Beal, which, again, we're not ready to have those conversations yet. What am I drinking, John? I'm drinking Guinness. Um, it's my beer of choice pretty much all the time, other than when I get my beer in the Beer of the Month Club. Colin, what's up, my man? Um, so, but but here's the thing, right? And this is the last thing I'm going to say. <laughs> no ties to Gibson is suspicious. I love you, Colin. Um, this is the last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to go uh, set up shop for this game. Um, two, Okay, two things I'm going to say. Would I match Julius Randle, Dominique Pierre? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would max him. No. Um, here's if he, I need to see. Here's the best thing. A bunch of people have pointed this out. We don't have to make that decision right now because right at this offseason, the maximum extension that they could offer Julius Randle under the CBA is uh, starting at $27 million with 8% raises. So, doing some very quick math, um, you could basically offer him a three year extension worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 to start. Then it goes to like 29 and change. And then it goes to like 32 or 33. So I think in total, you'd be adding three years and close to $90 million um, onto his contract for three years past next season. Would I sign him to that extension? I would, I would sign him to that extension today in a, in a New York minute. I would sign him to that extension. And then if we if we fast forward a year from then, the question is different because then you have another year of evidence. And if we get another year and a half of evidence from right now until the summer of 2022 
that this is the player that Julius Randle really is. And he's a 40% or even like 38 or 39% shooter from deep on volume. And he keeps hitting these tough shots that you'd need a guy on your offense to hit when the shit hits the fan and nothing else is working. These turnaround 16 footers and he's facilitating and he's making and he's six times a game or five and a half times a game. And, and we've seen that now for, for, again, we're talking 2022 and we've seen two years of that. Yeah. Julius Randle is a max player. I mean, he's, He'll be 28 years old or 27 and change. Actually, he won't even be 28. Like, I'm sorry. What do you what do you think a max player looks like? That's that's a max player. Um, so I wanted to say that. And what the hell else did I want to say? Um, I want to say congratulations. <laughs> I want to say I want to say congratulations to Julius Randall. Um, the guy worked his ass off. He didn't complain. You didn't hear a peep out of him at any point in time last year. There were no rumblings from the locker room. There were there was there were the only rumblings were early on with with that team meeting, and that wasn't even rumblings. That was just a team meeting where the team told R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle stop going one on one all the time. You're you're hurting the team. And to his credit, Julius Randle kind of took that to heart. Um, he worked his ass off this offseason. Did everything, and um, for those who haven't checked out the uh, Old Man in the Three podcast with J.J. Redick, Julius Randle spoke to Tom Thibodeau in the offseason camp, and he asked him, and he actually, sorry, before that, he asked him when he got the job. He's like, what do you need from me? What do I need to do to get better? How can I help this team win basketball games? And he went out. And he turned himself into the type of player that Tom Thibodeau needed him to be. Well-conditioned, as well-conditioned as anyone on this team, a guy who could hit a three, and a guy who was going to be unselfish. He called him he called him a softy, uh, Brandon Kohler. He didn't call him soft. He called him, I think he called him a softy. But whatever. Yeah, he did. It was, it was a, it's a great interview. Everybody should go check out the interview. Um, but yeah, congrats to Julius. Well-earned. Now we are 15 and 16. Um, if they win this game tonight, they're going to be 16 and 16. 500 team in New York with an all-star. Life could be worse. Life could definitely be worse. So uh, it's a great night for Nick fans. It's a great night for Julius Randle. It's a great night for the team. Um, and let's hope we get a win. Uh, thank you everybody for, for checking this out. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, I love coming on and doing these things and I will see you after the game.